our sermon passage today is Psalm 122. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet had been standing within the gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. Their thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Well, good morning, everybody. And if you haven't noticed, we're talking about peace. I think we've already said it about 25 times. So uh, if you haven't caught on to the theme of the morning, then let me introduce it to you. Uh, Again, this is the second week of Advent, and we're thinking about peace together. And as Julie read our passage from Isaiah 11, we're hearing about this peace, and I can't help but think about Luke chapter 2. When we hear the story of Jesus and his birth, and we also hear at the end of that passage, peace, goodwill toward men. Luke says it, Isaiah says it, and Linus said it as Charlie Brown was confused about Christmas and didn't know what peace was. And Linus dropped his blanket and read the story again. Peace, goodwill toward men, Charlie Brown. That's what Christmas is all about. And that's what I want to say to us this morning. This is what Christmas is all about. Peace, goodwill toward men. But this peace is something deeper, as Brandon already talked to the kids about. It's not just peace of mind. I think when we hear peace, we think... You know, sitting by the fire, no drama in the house. But it's more than that. It's the word shalom. It's if you have a Jewish friend and they greet you, they might even say to you, shalom, which means peace. But it's peace on a bigger scale. It's the peace that is for everyone. It's no war. It's gladness, it's joy, it's celebrating, it's the flourishing of all people. And Isaiah, in the passage that Julie read, describes this. And then Isaiah, in verse 10, says this. In that day, the root of Jesse, who is the Messiah to come, who is Jesus, who shall stand as a signal for the people, Of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. This resting place, this peace. Um, David would also use that word resting place 
in the Hebrew when he says in Psalm 23, he leads me beside quiet waters. This is peace. And this is the peace that surpasses all understanding. And it's real shalom. But the struggle that we have is we don't feel that a lot. Our culture certainly doesn't feel that. That there is restlessness, not rest. There's war. There's tension. There's war in us, if we're honest. Our own anxiety, our own fears, our own stresses. What do we do with that? And it seems like the holidays just make it worse. Just pour gas on the fire. Well, I hope for a minute together in Psalm 122, we can think and meditate and even feel peace. Some shalom. This is what David is leading us to, and this is what David is giving the example of the people of God to come and worship and sing these songs of peace. He gives us three main thoughts here of preparing for shalom, protecting shalom, and praying for shalom. First, just notice that he's preparing for shalom because David was wanting this. And he wanted it for himself, but he also wanted it for other people. And if you look at the very first Hebrew verse here in Psalm 122, which in English we number it differently, but the very beginning is a song of ascents. Now David wrote that. This was not the publisher, this was not the editor. And if you look in your Bible, you know, there's the heading above maybe the chapter. David wrote a song of ascents of David. This is the first Hebrew verse. And it's important for us to identify this because we know who wrote this. David did. We also know that this is a song of ascents. This was a song that they would be singing as the people of God as they were going up to a festival, maybe up to Passover. And they're all walking up together and they're singing this song. This is kind of like us, a Christmas carol. That we're driving to grandma's house or we're driving to Christmas Eve service. And we're singing Joy to the World. This is what they were doing. A song for the season. They're preparing their hearts to worship by singing. They're preparing to, to be glad by singing. And by singing this song... We see here in David several emotions and, and an excitement about it. We also see him coming together with other people and being invited into this. And then we see that there's a special place that they go. Just notice verse 1. He first says, I was glad. I was glad that we were going to worship. Uh, now, this is a song of ascents. So they're on the way to worship. But he's already glad. You know when you get ready for vacation and you start making the plans? Don't you already get glad? Don't you already get excited about what you're going to do? This is what David is feeling. I was glad. I was glad to go be glad. 
I was experiencing peace as I was going to be with others, to go and have peace. He was glad for worship. And if you read through the Psalms, you know that David talks about this a lot, of rejoicing, of gladness of heart. David loved to worship. And yes, he brought his laments to the Lord, but he also brought his rejoicing. And especially when he was going up to celebrate a holiday of Passover or another feast with the people of God. He goes on here, I was glad when they said to me. Now just notice that David is being invited. So David was already glad. And then someone comes and says, hey David, you want to go up to worship? And of course he says yes. But he's invited into this. Other worshipers are inviting him. It's kind of like when you get invited to go to dinner with someone fun. And you think, this is going to be great. We're going to go eat good food and we're going to have fun. We're going to laugh together. David is invited with other glad people to do a glad thing and to enjoy it. Charles Spurgeon said David's heart was in the worship of God and he was delighted when he found others inviting him to go where his desires had already gone. <laughs> he's glad about what he's going to do. Other glad people are coming and they're going to do a glad thing. A thing of shalom and peace. We experience this when Greg stands before us or whoever is leading that morning and calls us into worship. We're called, invited to come and worship God. We also respond, and there's an importance to that response because we're then calling Greg into worship. In a lot of ways, we're calling each other Rejoice in the Lord. I say rejoice. We're saying this. We're responding. We're inviting one another to come and worship the Lord. Ligon Duncan pointed this out to me. He said, this doesn't happen in a lot of places in our lives. Not many people are inviting us to come and worship God. In fact, a lot of the opposite is happening. People are encouraging us to get away from God, to move back, maybe even inviting us to do other things that aren't godly. Go and watch some commercials during Christmas. There's an invitation to spend money on foolish things, a lot. The question is, are we being invited into the worship of God? Are we inviting each other into the worship of God? This is what worship does. It encourages us. It leads us. As one commentator said, it's a matter of joy for believers to see others who have been redeemed by God praising him for their redemption. It encourages us. It brings us joy and peace. This is an invitation into shalom. But it takes preparation it takes preparing our hearts. As you know in our service, there's the call to worship, there's songs, there's scripture reading. 
a lot of this is just to warm our hearts up. Last week we sang, or two weeks ago, we sang the song, Arise, My Soul, Arise. We need that. We need to prepare our heart. We need to engage and sing and worship the Lord and know that it takes preparation to enter into true worship of God. Because our hearts so often are cold and not ready for this. And I encourage you to think about your own heart and say, where am I this morning? What does my heart need to really come and to be glad and to worship the Lord? We also notice here that David and all of the worshipers were going to a special place. Look at Psalm 122.2 here. As he says, our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Now, commentators would go back and forth about this. Some would say that they were already there in Jerusalem. Others in the majority, which I'm in that camp, say that they're on the way, that this is a song of ascents. But regardless, where they were going was to Jerusalem. And Jerusalem was the special place of the presence of God. This was the temple of God. Now, in David's time, it was being built. It was in process. It would be finished in Solomon's time, David's son. But this is where God's presence was. It's where the high priest would go in to the Holy of Holies. The presence of God had been in the Ark of the Covenant in different places. But finally here in Jerusalem, it's established as the people of God. This is God's people coming into God's presence, and they're going to this special place of Jerusalem. Jerusalem itself, just the word, means a place or a city of shalom, a place of peace. And so they were going to experience the presence of God. They were going to experience the peace of God. The shalom of God. And so imagine all of us this morning packing up and heading to Washington, D.C. to a huge worship service with Christians from all over our country. And us getting in our cars and, and caravanning up and singing songs of worship, of caroling. This is what they were doing. And they were so excited about getting there. So excited about worshiping and experiencing something together. The real shalom and peace of God, it was also just them tasting of what the future would be like for them because they were gonna pass from this world. And that was a picture of the new Jerusalem, heaven, where they were going where they would have ultimate shalom. You see, when we worship and we come together and we invite each other and we encourage each other, what we taste of is our future. Not peace of mind of sitting by the fire. Peace forever. Peace with God. And y'all, the more our hearts go to that place, 
the real shalom, our eternal home, the more we'll have peace here. The more our hearts and heads go to heaven, the more our hearts and heads can handle what we have to experience here. And know that this is not ultimate. But Jesus, being with him, the Prince of Peace in heaven, is where we're going. And so my encouragement again for you is during this Advent season, go to peace. Go to shalom. And I know for many of you, this is a really busy season. Uh, I'm thinking about Brandon V and the work that you have to do. Working for FedEx, this is not the slow season for you guys. And that might be true for a lot of you. But you're just really, really busy right now. Try to slow down. This is what Advent is for. Slow down. Prepare for peace. Stop. Enjoy the Lord. Enjoy your family. Invite others into worshiping God and pray and seek this gladness. My hope for all of us during the Advent season is that we can experience some shalom, some real peace, some deep, powerful peace of God. So first we see this preparation for shalom. Secondly, we see the protection of shalom that David gives us. Look at verse 3. As he says, Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together. Again, Jerusalem was the chosen place. It was the foundation. And it was also the place to bring unity to the church. And so we see here, he says, boundly firm together. This is, this is unity, a strong unity of people coming together. Look at verse 4. He says, To which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. So again, you can picture people coming from all over, every tongue, tribe, nation, of the people of God, the covenant people, coming to Jerusalem, coming back. They would come back for Passover. They would come back for holidays to worship together so that they could experience unity. They could experience, again, a taste of heaven, that this is what heaven would be like. But they could experience each other. And there are people speaking different languages. There are people from different cultures. Great. This is the picture of the people of God. There was a, there was a time here of peace of unity, not of war, not of division, but everyone coming together as the true people of God. Also notice there wasn't just peace, but there was purity. Look at verse 5. Their thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. There was justice in this city. There was judgment that was being done. Judgment upon people, judgment of what was right and wrong. The kingship here of God was shown. And so we have the peace, and we also have the purity. And this is a picture of the church of Jerusalem, the place of the people of God. Charles Spurgeon said, righteous men love judgment, 
and are glad that right will be rewarded and sins will be punished to see the true reign of God. This is what Mike preached on last week. The reign of God, that the Lord reigns over all the earth. That his judgment, his purity is true. And this is what we see here. That in verses 3 through 5, he's given us a picture of the peace, the shalom, and the purity of Jerusalem. And Jerusalem was the place of the people of, of God, of the Israelites. Just as the church today is the place for the people of God, for the Christians. It's a place that was supposed to be for peace and purity just as we as the people of God, are to be committed to peace and purity within the church. Two weeks ago, we had people join the church. And when you join the church in the PCA, you make that commitment to study the purity and peace of the church. These two things are really important in our churches. Just as it was here, this is what David was pointing us to. But also notice what David is pointing to. A holy purity. A holy peace. A holy priest who they were going to worship. And a holy king who they could go and experience. David is pointing here in Psalm 122 to the presence of God, to the justice of God. And who will we soon see that would be that? Who are they anticipating was going to be this? The Messiah. Jesus. He was the one, he was going to be the holy priest that they were longing to know and to experience. The holy king that would come in the flesh and bring justice and righteousness and goodness to God's people. Psalm 122 is pointing us to the Messiah, Jesus, the one who would come, the one who they would fall down before and worship we have the opportunity during Advent to experience Jesus as well. To worship the newborn king. To know that we can bow before him and know that this is really what Advent is all about. It is about shalom, of us slowing down. But it's about the Prince of Peace, of him coming to us. And so again, my encouragement to you during this Advent season is to seek peace and to seek the Prince of Peace because you will have no peace outside the Prince of Peace. You will have no settling in your soul apart from Jesus. And whether you're here this morning and you say, yes, I'm a Christian and, and, and I need this, my encouragement to you as a Christian is seek Jesus during Advent. Not a bunch of stuff, not perfectionism, not a perfect Christmas, the perfect one. 
If you're here this morning and you're not a believer in Christ and you say, you know, I'm just not sure about these things that you're talking about, investigate Jesus. Not a bunch of stuff in the church, not a bunch of, of, of morality and ethics. Christ. This is what Christianity is all about. Is this Prince of Peace so we see this preparation, we see this protection, and then finally we see David's prayer. In verses 6 through 9, it's such a beautiful prayer for the church, for peace, for this shalom. But notice here what he says, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the shalom of Jerusalem. Now, in Murfreesboro, you may drive around, and I'm and, and there's a certain area where there's a big sign that says, pray for Jerusalem. And let me respond to that real quickly. Is, I think that's right. I think we should pray for Jerusalem. But I also think that we should pray for every city. Because Jerusalem, while being the important city, the people of God, Jesus later in Acts 1.8 would say, I'm going to give you power to go to Jerusalem Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Jerusalem is a place that we should be praying for. It's important. But also, so is the whole world. We should pray for Murfreesboro. We should pray for our country. We should pray for Europe and Asia and Australia and every person and every soul. For just praying for Jerusalem, I think we're missing who God rules over and where his presence is. And so it's not just one place, it's every place because this is God's world. And again, as Mike said last week, the Lord reigns, let the whole earth rejoice. I think the intent here of David when he's saying pray for Jerusalem is saying pray for the church, pray for the people of God. But he also goes on here to say, and I wanna be good to everybody. I want shalom for the whole world. Just as Martin Luther would later say, I pray that everybody has bread. When we pray for daily bread, we pray for everyone. And so again, this prayer is helping us to say, here's where we're coming to the Lord, to pray for his church, to pray for peace, to pray for everyone. And again, as Linus said, Goodwill toward men, peace on earth. This is our intent during Advent. It's our push for it. And so this morning as Redeemer Church, that's what I would encourage you to do. Pursue peace. Pursue the Prince of Peace. And pursue and pray for the goodwill of all people. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that your word is true and living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. And thank you that, Lord, as we come to it, that you teach us and grow us. And I just pray for everyone here this morning. Lord, I pray, during, especially during this Advent season, that we would experience real shalom and know that that comes to us by Jesus the true Prince of Peace. Thank you for your word. I pray that it would sink deep into our souls. In Jesus' name, amen.